0: I hope that folks can hear our our hearts as we share and realize that being a Christian's real. It's not peaches and cream 24 hours a day, and it's not drudgery either. It's a a beautiful way to live.
1: You are listening to the Christian Music Archive podcast, part of the new release today podcast network. I'm your host, Dave Maurer. Each week, I share stories about Christ, community, and music, chatting with musical guests who you will find listed on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. There are thousands of creative men and women who have helped shape the soundtrack of the Christian faith, and we get to hear their stories, learn about how Christ has made a difference in their life, and hopefully along the way, we'll learn how we can be a better part of our community. I probably don't need to introduce my guest today because as soon as you hear his voice, you'll know exactly who it is. As the lead singer for one of the most iconic Christian rock bands of all time, he's sold over 10 million albums. He's also released a half dozen solo projects of his own and is a member of the Union of Sinners and Saints and the J Band, just to name a few. In fact, I think that when John Schlitt's time on earth is done, he'll probably just sing his way through the pearly gates on his way to hanging out with Jesus for eternity. As a regular listener, you know that I am very passionate about the work of Mercy, Inc. Mercy is a Christian humanitarian group that works around the world to change the lives of people from a wide range of backgrounds. Today, I'd like to share with you about Bethesda Medical Clinic in Haiti. Dr. Rodney and his staff provide a wide range of medical treatments to those living in Cap Haitian, Haiti but one of the key elements of their work is making sure that the patient's spiritual health is addressed as well. I've been to Bethesda a couple of times and have seen firsthand as the staff prays with their patients every day. Patients come to the clinic early each day to share in Bible study and prayer. Then they are treated for HIV and malaria. There are baby and mama wellness checks. Patients are treated for broken bones and are provided physical therapy. I'd love for you to get involved in the great work that Mercy Inc. is doing in Haiti through Bethesda Medical Clinic. Head over to christianmusicarchive.com slash mercy to learn about how you can make a difference in the hearts and physical bodies of the people of Haiti. That's christianmusicarchive.com slash mercy. And thanks in advance for your help. John Schlitt had it all. A successful band, a career that was really going places, and a life that was, well, spiraling out of control. But God had other plans, and through a dramatic interaction with his wife and pastor, John began a journey that took him out of music so that he could focus on his relationship with Jesus. And just when John thought music would never be a part of his life again, along came an opportunity to sing with a little band called Petra. And for the next 30 years or so, God used John to help spread the gospel around the world as one of, as I said, the most iconic voices in Christian music. So let's hear this story from John himself. John Schlitt, welcome to the
0: podcast. Hello, sir. How are you, my friend? I'm, ha- You know what? I'm hanging out in my easy chair with my glasses on, uh, taking it easy. What can I say? Not much of a rock star look here. Well, COVID has kind of wiped out rock star for most
1: of us, hasn't it? <laughs>
0: Oh man, it's just totally—it's totally thrown me off, man. You know, I, I, uh, uh, I'm out of shape. I think. Jeez. <laughs> hey, I was
1: told that round is a shape, so I'm going with that.
0: <laughs> oh no, 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 no,
1: no, not for a lead singer. Trust me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, John, I just really appreciate you being willing to take some time and hang with us today. Sure. I uh, would kind of like to just kind of hear what God's doing in your life these days. Maybe get a little bit of your testimony. And uh, you know, find out. I know you're doing a lot of stuff with uh woodworking and uh renovation stuff. That I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear about that. But uh and then also if you have a couple of stories that you want to tell about how God has used you and the band over the past, you know, years, that would be fun. You probably got a, you probably got one or two of them. <laughs>
0: I got a few. Yeah, I got a few. Uh nothing else, my guy's just the fact that God's uh uh been part of my life for the twenty years through Petra, and the, and then after that, fifteen years as solo artist, and uh, I've seen a lot. God is, God is showing me stuff today. You know, um, uh, as a COVID thing is happening, uh, uh, which I'm very, uh, I got to be careful because uh, I get I get political on me, <laughs> on, on people. But um, it just it just irritates me that that uh, we're going through this kind of stuff. And so I have to really get back into the into understanding that God's in control. I'm Amen. not, you know. So uh, that that's tough. That's tough. What can I say?
1: Yeah. Well, you have made a career of singing. I mean, you've been doing that almost all your life. Yep. You started before college, even, right?
0: Actually, I started. Well, yeah. My gosh, yeah. I was. I uh, I started my own band when I was 13. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Went uh, all through high school. Uh, actually, did. It for a little band in the middle of nowhere on a, from a little town. We actually did real good, you know. At that time, the only place a rock band could play were pretty much in sock hops and <laughs> and and small and small bars, you know. Yeah. So, so my mom would have to go with us uh, if we played at a bar. My mom would have to go in to to chaperone us, but she did, and that was that. Then when I graduated from high school, I, I went to the University of Illinois, and I I broke my band up and. And they went without me for about a month and a half, and pretty much uh, it dissolved. Um, and then, then I went uh, okay. My freshman year uh, in college, I just totally concentrated on college okay. because I didn't want to flunk out. Right, and uh, that was a that was a big the the big uh, conversation. You've got to go if you can make it through your freshman year, you're fine. <laughs> so I, I actually was trying to be a a real student, did fine. You were an engineering major, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I started out as an aeronautical astronomical engineer. Oh. And then the space program took a big dive and, and aeronautical engineers were pumping gas and delivering groceries. (laughs) I said, okay, uh, this is a major discipline and I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) So I thought my dad was a civil engineer. So I decided, okay, I'm going to be a civil engineer. Found out later he was a mechanical engineer, (laughs) but I found that after I became a civil engineer. And he, he, I said, Well, Dad, I I became a civil engineer because you're, I'm a mechanical engineer. Like, oh, man. So,
1: did you ever think you were going to be an engineer or was it always that just kind of in the back of your mind? I'm just doing this because I'm supposed to. Music is where I'm going to be.
0: Yeah. Well, here's what I, I, I knew I was going to be, if I was going to be in anything, get a degree in it, it was going to be some kind of engineering. Okay. And I figured that I would be working as an engineer uh, for you know the major part of my life, but I wanted to get the music out of the system. Okay. And I I told my parents. My dad and mom were always amazing, and they said all we're asking is you get a degree. And I actually, uh, when I joined Head East, uh, my sophomore year, uh, I almost flunked out of school my sophomore year because of that, <laughs> and. Uh I I went to my parents, I said, you know what? I, I don't need to go to school. This band is gonna make it. Mm. And my my dad and my mom goes, well, maybe you should. And my dad goes, Nope. <laughs> he is getting a degree and then he can do what he wants. Yeah. Uh that wasn't even it wasn't even a question, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um uh, I had to quit the band uh and they said, well, we're, go- we're gonna I said I I'd like to join after I graduate because oh we're gonna be big by that time. Yeah. Well they weren't. So the day I took my last final exam, I joined the band again, and uh, it was in pretty bad shape at the time and it took us about about a year to get it back on its feet, okay and uh, found a new guitar player from the ori- from the original five guys that was the were the band when I left it, okay. Four of us got back together, and the guitar player became a Christian ah. while I was in, while I was in school, and was no possible way he was going to join the band again. Mm. So we signed up uh, a kid out of out of Peoria, Illinois. Ended up being amazing. I, he was a major part of the band. Okay. wrote never been A reason. Uh, Love me tonight. Wrote pretty much the, the the songs that are classic for that band. Okay. And, uh, but we, you know, it's, uh, but what's funny is, okay, I figured I would, I would go for three or four years and then, then it would collapse. But no, it it got bigger and bigger, uh, got more hooked into the the backstage garbage that you get hooked in. Right. We were, we got to be a big band and uh, uh, toward every major tour that was happening in the US at the time. I had the biggest booking agent, uh, in the country, the be- probably the best label in the country. We, we, for a little band that did it all themselves, they did yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Only problem is man, I was living the musician's dream, but when you live it every day, yeah, it gets old. So you're always looking for that next thrill. And I'm afraid that booze and cocaine mm. came my way. And, mm. uh, in nineteen eighty, March of nineteen eighty, I, I was fired from the band because I was so messed up. Yeah. Now I think it was a power play, but I'll be honest, God knew what he was doing and I, I needed to be gone. So I got fired. Whose power play was it, right? It was probably God's power play. Absolutely. <laughs> think about it. You know, I had learned to be a front man for a for a, a pretty major band. I mm-hmm. I seriously, I was playing in front of a hundred Hundred thousand people, twenty thousand every night. Wow! I mean, I learned how to be a front man to a rock band. Yeah. But, again, it—I was the the backstage scene in this in secular system, especially for someone who believed in God but didn't have any idea who Christ was. Mm, mm-hmm. I was fair game. Mm, yeah. And man, the enemy tried to chew me up and did a pretty good job. When I when I Uh, got fired, I started my own band called the Johnny Band to prove the headies. I didn't need them. (laughs) Arrogance. And it really, I think looking back at it, it was just an excuse to stay drunk and coked up Mm. for about six months straight. Uh, I say almost 24 hours a day. It really felt like that. That's not much of an exaggeration. Um, And it ended when on August 29th I woke up on my couch, realizing that I had passed out and missed my anniversary party that oh. friends were friends were going to give us, um, and my one-year-old son was looking at me, you know, like, "Why are you here on the couch, Dad?" Yeah. You know, my daughter was playing over in the in the room because it was unusual that I was available. This available, so they were playing in the living room uh, around their dad. And all of a sudden the voice goes, you know, you're worth more dead than alive. And I absolutely, I said, yeah, that is true. So I got up, sat on my chair, sat in a chair in the living room. And as I was determining, I wasn't going to use a gun uh, because I didn't want to leave a mess for the kids. Mm -hmm. I started trying to figure out what kind of combination of pills would be quick, as quick and painless as possible. Now. In that six-month period, I was on a binge that was just total disaster. Seriously, it was. It I was going down a hill that, really, I don't think anyone could have would have returned mm. on their own. At the same time, my wife gets saved, mm. which makes it even worse for me. Yeah, because I don't want to be living with a Jesus freak. Yeah, I'm a rock star. Yeah, you know? and she keep trying to tell. I'd make mistake. What world are you living in? Mm that you're so happy all the time. And she'd go, I'm glad you asked. And she tried to tell me about Christ, and I wouldn't accept it.
1: Now, had you grown up with Jesus in the family? I mean, when you were in— No. No, so this was a brand-new concept to you.
0: I, I grew up with God. My mom was a Catholic. My dad was a Lutheran. We were from a little little Midwest town. So I absolutely believed in God. I prayed to God every night. Okay. Okay. But I didn't know Jesus. Yeah. And I'm telling you, for anyone that, that can't understand the difference, there is a difference. Yeah. You can say God all day long. Mm-hmm. Heathens believe in God, you know, mm-hmm. believe there's a God.
1: The devil believes in God.
0: Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> but he also knows Christ. Yeah. He all knows he also fears Christ. And you know why. But anyway, I'm sitting in my chair trying to determine what to do. And my wife taps me on the shoulder and says, Now remember, you promised you'd come and talk to my pastor tonight. I said, when? She mm-hmm. said, this last night when you were drunk. So I said, all right, you know what? Fine. And I went there with an attitude. I went there to prove, to let her know that I tried. So when I yeah. finished what I was going to do, she can remember that I tried and that that, you know, she'd have better memories of me. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I went to that pastor's house that night with an attitude, and I walked out with the Holy Spirit. Wow. And my life was changed forever.
1: What was it about that meeting that said,
0: I'm going to make this change? Oh, the pastor goes, do you know Jesus? I said, well, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an American. I, I go to church <laughs> twice a year. You know. <laughs> oh, wrong thing to say. Uh, mm. You don't know Jesus. You know that Jesus loves you. You know that Jesus has a plan for your life. You don't know that Jesus that knows exactly what you're thinking right now. I'm going, Whoa and i'm telling you, the holy spirit just hit me right between the eyes wow and before i knew it do you want to know jesus i said uh huh <laughs> i just shook my head yes yeah and finally said the sinner's prayer after i could talk again and again it was like a a load had lifted off my shoulders i didn't even know it was there you know the enemy the enemy uh, i like to use this uh, this uh Comparison about, you know, a frog can sit in a pan and you can slowly boil them yep. and they, that doesn't, you know, they don't know it. Yep. I was slowly being boiled by the, by the, the garbage, the enemies poured, mm-hmm. pouring on me. Yeah, And he thought he already had me walked in that pastor's house. Christ was there, walked out and he was with me forever, yeah. you know, from then on. So. It, it, now was I perfect? Absolutely not. Did I blow it a lot? Yes, because I was still in the Johnny band, you mm-hmm. know, and I would go out uh, on the at these bars every every uh, weekend and just fall flat on my face as far as a Christian walk. Yeah, I'd come back, and the little church that that we were going to would pray. For, knew, I mean, you could you know. Uh, And they pray for me says, John, I'm telling you, God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for you. Just, just love him. Know he forgives you. And they were just real supportive. Finally, it got to a point where I just said, I, no, I I can't take this anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't look at my wife and my friends at church and my kids after the guard. I mean, the temptations were even greater. These small little bars I was playing than they were in the, in the touring with head East, which Mm -hmm. was, big time you know because the enemy didn't want to let go yeah so make a long story short i I quit the band i quit music altogether um told told my manager and booking agent and parents and grant and they said no no possible And finally my wife goes here's how it is it's music or me Mm -hmm. and i said there you go that's all i needed yeah and it was over and i thought i'd never sing again
1: Thank God for, for loving faithful wives who sometimes oh, give it to us straight when we need yep. it the most.
0: We, we can't, we can't for anyone who's been married and knows what kind, you know, what kind of amazing gift you have uh, as far as, uh, uh, as far as a wife, you, you need to understand how, how gifted you really are. Mm-hmm. And I do, I mean, I've been married for going on 50 years coming up uh, in August wow. and, wow. uh, I don't deserve her at all, and I never will. But for some reason, God has decided to bless me with a with a superhuman being, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially a super spiritual human being. So, yeah. and yeah. and that's that's how it is. You know, it's one of one of the many unbelievable gifts God's given me. Yeah.
1: So, what did you 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 uh, you put your music aside and you said mm-hmm. I'm done, and you uh, from what I read, you went and worked in a factory.
0: <laughs> yep. I listened. It was quite a change for him, but remember my resume said, graduated from university, of Illinois, civil engineer, rockstar. Oh, that's it. Oh, rock star. And so I cut my hair, my grand, my father, my father-in-law was so happy <laughs> that I was getting a real job. He bought me a three piece suit. So I cut my hair, put on three piece suit started applying for jobs all over Illinois, uh, as a civil engineer. And at that time, engineers were a dime a dozen. Mm -hmm. Illinois was going through a depression. And I'm seriously, it was a waste of my time. Finally, I started applying for anything, you know? And I finally got a job. Finally, someone trusted me with my resume to sweep a floor in the tool and die factory in my little hometown. Mm. And really the reason I got it was because I knew how to draft. Mm-hmm. And he could get me for nothing. I could, de- I could be drawing up these plans for him for nothing. Uh-huh. Plus, he gets a clean floor <laughs> every morning, you know? Yeah. But, you know, a tune-dye factor is actually very cool because you make these dyes and stuff and uh, you, you make them yourself. And, and they finally started trusting me in doing that, so I started working. But that lasted for about six months, and I was making nothing. <laughs> but it was enough to feed my family at that time. About the time I was going to need more money, I get a job at a, at a coal mine that's being developed hmm. very close to my hometown. And it was a temporary job about six months, but it doubled my salary. And about that time, some debts came. I, I was so far in debt because of that Johnny band hmm. thing and still doing coke and all that. I'd gone through any savings we ever had and we were hurting. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think now, as a Christian, I I was trusting God a lot, but I was a baby Christian, right? And I didn't see how He was ever going to do it, and so I just I just took it day by day, yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, the church would John, trust me, God will take care of you, God will provide. I'm going, yeah, great, that's fine, you know, <laughs> but, you know. So
1: during any of this time, was music in a part of your life at all, or did you literally hang no. it up and you you said I'm done? You washed your hands. Hey, when it.
0: I cut my hair, buddy, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. I cut my hair, and to me, that was the end of music. Mm-hmm. I was gonna I was gonna uh, find out what the American dream was for me. Yeah, and so, uh, started working as an engineer. And what was cool? I was actually at that that mind for like two years. Every time that part time job would would close to the day another company would come in and say hey we need you mm. because I knew the points the engineering points at, at the project right and and God would provide and it was very cool uh, and it, as we went on all of a sudden I'm out of debt huh. and I can't tell you why I can't tell you how but I was out of debt and it was like wow this is pretty cool yeah. you know and so Ended up getting a full-time job with a comp- the last company I worked for. Ended up in uh, Vernal, Utah for t- two years. That was my wilderness time. Oh, wow. Developing an oil shell mine in Vernal, Utah. And I'm serious. It was my wilderness time.
1: Did Dorla and the kids go with you?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, 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 are yeah. all out there. And, yeah. and at the end of that, I got promoted in this company called Frontier Kemper to a cost and scheduling is- engineer in the, in the office. Okay. And I thought, wow, this is it. Bought my first home, rebuild it. Like I do every one of my homes Mm -hmm. about the time it was finished. This is about a year into frontier temper. I was sitting, I didn't have anything to do. You know, I was sitting on Sunday after church with my wife uh, on our couch and I realized, Oh my gosh, the house is done. I don't have to work on the house. And I thought, well, this must be the American dream. This must be what mm. God has for me. I've got a great church. My kids are going to Christian school. I got a great job. My I got a first home here. Uh, this must be the American dream. And all of a sudden, God goes, and I'm, I'm serious. I feel God said, this isn't it. Mm. Don't be content with this. This isn't it. And I told my wife that. I said, babe, I feel like God just talked just said this. And and something else happened also, where someone basically prophesied to me and said, "You're going to have your your heart's desire. You're going to be a big change." And when they said "big change," I go, "Oh no," because <laughs> that that meant to me, "Oh, I'm going to have to move again. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't want to," because I've been moving for it was like come on. And he goes, no, no, this will be your heart's desire. And you know, it, it, it had been five years. I, I was done. I I was too old to be a rocker. Come on.
1: So when they said heart's desire, was was music even part of what you thought or were you thinking it's going to be a a bigger promotion to another engineering gig or something like that?
0: I honestly didn't know. Yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't know what my heart's desire was. Mm. I was still trying to recover. I was trying to, I think a, a good example is I actually went and saw Petra. They they played close to a. Believe it (laughs) or not, I was I was redoing the backstage of an old theater
1: Uh
0: uh, on my on my extra time off, Uh on between jobs or whatever. And I found out this Christian band Petra was going to be playing there. I go, oh man, I'm gonna. I went there, and I'll tell you what. And by that, I had the record. I I was a big fan of Petra's. Mm major yeah and I went there I, I lasted for about six or seven songs and realized it was driving me crazy mm. I I I was so ill ease that I wasn't on stage again it had just fired up something that I had put back you know way yeah. back yeah and I had to leave wow I, I didn't even sit through all oh, Petra's concert I had to leave because I realized oh this is this will. This is kindling some fires I don't need.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: and so uh, there it, it must have still been something in me. But I figured that it's too bad, John. You blew it a long time ago. You're. It's too late for you. This yeah. is what you're going to do now. You're going to yeah. be an engineer. And so, one night or one day, my my brother calls us up. My brother just says, "There's a guy, who he says he's." Bob Hartman with a band called Petra, a Christian band. They wanted, he gave me his number uh, for you to call him. I told him you're not doing that kind of stuff anymore, but uh, I got the number anyway. I, I don't, do you want to, I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> Give me that number. Jeez. How did Bob find out about you? Boy, you, you, you're asking for long stories here. Buddy. You know that, right?
1: We have an hour, right?
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, Remember this little church I was going mm-hmm. to in Illinois. Okay. Well, there was a, a Christian band out of Peoria, I think. I, I was in, El, in Lincoln. and That's a distance of about an hour, hour okay. and 10 minutes. Well, the manager for this band was going to our little church because he was looking for an on fire church. And this really was. And he realized who I was. He said, John, John, my band is recording an album and they don't have a singer would you consider singing for the band? And, and I looked at my wife, she said, no, it's not God. It's not God. And I said, well, I can't join a band. I mean, I could sing yeah. if you'd like, but, but I can't join your band. And he said, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Maybe come, come to the studio after you get off work and just sing a song a day and we can get it done. And I said, oh, what rinky <laughs> rinky dink I just okay I, and this talk about rinky dink this and these guys these guys it was actually a good band mm. but they're as usual Christian band had no money right they were recording in somebody's house yeah uh, and you know the 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 board was set up in the kitchen and I was singing in the living room yeah I'm going the last time I was in the studio I was in LA yeah. you know it's like wow this sure has been. At least you weren't
1: Just singing saying, in the acoustically appropriate bathroom. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> no, it's surprising. They didn't put me in there, but no, uh, it was the living room. They hand me words. Let me hear the music. I say, okay, sing this song. I said, you don't have a melody? No, we figured you would do it. Oh, wow. So I would get the words. I would sing. I would build a melody. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 10 10 days in a row. Anyway, make a long story short. I figured you'd never hear the thing, so it was okay. Yeah, It got me a chance to get behind the microphone. <laughs> Nobody would ever hear it, Yeah. it'd be fun. Well, I didn't realize this guy, this manager, was a go-getter. Mm. And he printed, oh, he must have printed 100 uh, cassettes and sent it to every important person in the Christian music scene. Yeah. Every label, every uh, uh, um, reviewer, every, I'm going, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> now, at the time, I didn't know it. Praise God, or I would have been ticked. Yeah. But it got in the hands of a good friend of Bob Hartman's. He was a reviewer. And uh, when Bob, when they found out that, that Greg was leaving, he says, Bob, if there's anything I can do, let me let me know. He said, well, you can find me a singer. Yeah. Well he goes, you know, I got this cassette of this band and John Schlitt from Head East is singing on it. He says, You're kidding me. He says, he disappeared like five years ago, which I did. Right. And I I I purposely got my phone unlisted, uh, because secular bands were calling me. Mm -hmm. And I could you know, I knew if I don't right back in the secular system, I was gonna I couldn't do it. Yeah. Remember music or me? Yeah. So yeah. that was not an option. So I had I had disappeared and Bob goes uh, the the friend goes, "Well, I've got a number here on this cassette." He goes, "Well, let's try it." And the number was disconnected. Uh-huh. But, and but it fired him up. He started thinking, "Man, John Schlitt, he and he went and bought a couple of Head East records he goes, Oh, yeah, his range is fine." He's He's a rocker too, and and so it's. And he said, and I know he was a Christian. Yeah, he. I knew that, and so he started looking. He started going to every area code in Illinois. No kidding. And started looking uh, for you know my list a listing of me. Yeah. And I wasn't there. I, I mean, I was on no listing, but my brother Jeff had been uh, one of the crew members. Uh, during flat as a pancake which was our first record which was okay. the big okay. one and so he found jeff and that's why he called jeff
1: no
0: and uh, and that's how bob so through a friend it was god it yeah. was god oh, through totally. his friend through the state through um and bob called me and said um john this is Bob Harper. Do you know who I am? I said, are you kidding me? I'm a major fan, buddy. You guys, because really when I heard Petra, I was going, oh my gosh, this is what Petra, this is what rock could be. Yeah, This is what rocks for. Yeah, And I was, I'm very, very impressed with them. I just, just the idea of using an exciting music form to sing about the most exciting subject the history of mankind just yeah. made sense to me. Um, he says, um, well, he says, you know, Greg was leaving the band. I said, "Why? Think why would anybody leave Petra?" Yeah. He says, "Just trust me. It's God's plan that we separate." Mm-hmm. Meaning Bob and and Greg. Right. Who I found out later. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Um, I was in shock by this And yeah. I, I thought I thought maybe Greg messed his voice up a little bit and they wanted me to come in and do some background vocals right. to help finish the next. Record. You know, I was like whoa yeah this is a lot bigger and i said he says he says are you still a christian i said yeah i'm a heavy-duty christian
1: yeah
0: and he looks at me and he says he said would you consider singing for petra i said oh absolutely let's do it
1: well now the question is what did your wife say
0: oh <laughs> before before i said that all right i'm thinking ah music or me ah. and i look over <laughs> And apparently, my wife knew more than I did about why Bob called, and she is dancing and praising <laughs> God and just—I mean, you'd have thought that Jesus just came down and was sitting and talking to me personally. You know? Uh huh. Yeah. And and so I thought, well, looks like this is gonna be okay, because she always said, listen. She said to me, John, God's not a god of waste. You're gonna sing again. Mm. He's not a god of waste. I'm telling, and. And I go, well, that's great. You know, every band that comes, comes to talk to me, you say, not good enough. That's not God's plan. So, what's God's plan? He said, <laughs> She says, You'll know. Uh, I mm. said, Well, you'll know, and then I'll know. <laughs> yeah. And apparently she knew. So, oh, how cool. I said, Let's do it right now. He goes, Well, don't you think you should pray about it? Going, Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I, I tell you what, though, but, but he didn't realize that. You know the 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 past, um, God's God's uh, basically letting me know things were happening.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, so I knew I, I knew for a fact. My wife knew for a fact. It took them a while longer. They were still in the middle of a Beat the System tour, recording the live album, and they couldn't say anything. Nobody knew that there was anything happening, and I finally, you know, it was like a six month period before when they ask. And then I finally went and did my first show. And in that six months, I hadn't heard a word from him. finally I called Bob's wife and says, Kim, I'm just curious. Uh, Cause I have a job. And if I'm going to be with Petra, I need to let my bosses know. Yeah. Cause I don't want to just throw it. You know, I just don't want to dump it on. They've been very good to me. And Kim goes, you know, Bob's on the road. I'll have him call you. Uh, yeah. And I, 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 Bob called me right away and I said, Bob, I'm sorry to bother you, buddy. I just want to know, are you, are you looking for someone else? Are you just, uh, I just wasn't, you know, you might've found, I'm okay with that. That's cool. Cause really to me, I was already done singing.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, John, we haven't actually looked for anybody else. We're, we're pretty, we think you're yeah. it. And I go, Oh. Okay, he says, but right now we're on tour and we got to do that. I'm, oh, okay, yep. but that sounds good. Great. Yeah. So uh, finally, finally, after about six months, the first show I did was in <clears throat> first so, show sober in seven years. Very cool. I cool. was in front. I was in Brisbane, Australia in front of about 6,000 people. Got super excited. Blew my throat out after oh, no. three songs. <laughs> and God bless the band we, they they stuck with me until I finally got my groove again. Yeah. And uh,
1: and now you're one of the iconic voices of Christian rock.
0: Well, only God knows why.
1: Well, I'm just curious because I will admit, because uh, Back to the Street was your first album with a band, right? Right. I will admit I was a staunch Greg X. Vols fan.
0: You should be. He's amazing.
1: When this new vocalist came along, it's like, oh, what did Petra do? Oh, great. And, but after I got into a couple of albums, It's like, oh, I get it. This is awesome. This is great. How long, did you feel right away that you had this kind of obstacle of getting over, oh, you're not Greg Voles. or did, were the fans mostly accepting and saying, no, this is awesome. This is great. What was that transition like for the band?
0: Well, you know what? I have to give you two parts on that. First of all, I knew God that put me there. I knew why Greg left. I knew uh, that it was God's plan. Right, and I had no I had no problems in it. My only concern when I first when I first joined the band was, okay, I'm replacing Greg. What am I replacing? Mm. Is he a writer? His range, that's ah, okay, no big deal. Um, his his stage show, it's okay, no big deal. Uh, but his writing, what about his writing? I started looking at the at the the writing credentials. All of it was Bob Hartman I'm going, yeah. oh. Great. I looked, my wife said, babe, this is going to work. Real. And, um, you know, somebody, once once or twice people said, what's it feel like filling, filling Greg's shoes? I said, I'm not filling his shoes. Right. I got my own shoes and they're big enough. Trust me. Uh, and, yeah. you know, Greg with Greg, I'm, I'm me. Yeah. And what's funny, what's funny is uh, the records were developed uh, because it's what Bob wanted. Mm-hmm. Bob wanted a rock album. When Beat the System came out, he was ticked hmm. because it was way too, way too artsy, uh, popish, electronic. Okay, and they bas- they okay. almost phase him out, you know. And he says, "Oh, that's never going to happen again." Yeah, uh, he says, "We're going to rock. This is going to be a rock band." And I said, "Well, I can do that, buddy. That's yeah. no problem. I-, I can be a yeah. rocker." And then we have got John and Dino, who knew about who could
1: who yeah. could
0: produce rock all day long <laughs> the combination of John Dean and me we came in and we just totally changed the sound of petra
1: and and one of the things that i've often lamented is i hear a lot of great rock albums by artists in their younger days and then as they age they kind of mellow but not john <laughs> john keeps the john keeps that guitar crunch going and those screaming vocals going and i appreciate that i just want you to know uh as a rocker at heart (laughs) i i want to have something that you you know sing the hair off the dog kind of a thing you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) well tell you what go to me is probably the most mellow i'm going to be my newest record uh actually that's not fair i think probably the mellowest record i did as far as me personally would be the grafting Mm. and there was a reason for that the grafting was a real searcher. It was a first solo record after Petra retired. Right. I, I did shake and unfit for swine during Petra, which was both of them had their purpose. The grafting was a searching and it was, it was searching. Uh, it, it dealt with a lot with the family focus and it was a record that needed to be done. It was like, it, it was an arrow that had to be in my quiver mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of it. I mean, the the title cut is about my grand my grandkids. Oh, very cool. And I I couldn't I couldn't I wouldn't be complete without it. But then came the greater cause, and then uh, the the Christian the Christmas project, which is one of my favorite Christmas albums, by the way. Thank you. I I am just very very excited about them. Yeah. And it just they're just uh, it, it is it Bob's writing? No. No, I, I, have never tried to be Petra. I've tried to be me with what I've learned through Petra and head East.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have expanded now. And, and I, I joke, the the intro that I've written says you'll probably be singing as you cross the pearly gates, uh, because you're just singing all <laughs> the time, but you're singing with the Jay seculo, seculo band. You're singing with the union of sinners and Saints. and every, I, I did a quick search and you're doing Albums for all kinds of people singing, singing on there. singing has become. I mean, that's what you're about. But it's not just singing. It's singing about God.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's funny when I first when when Petra retired, I thought about maybe doing secular again since I didn't have to worry about Petra's, uh, you know, uh, image. Right and i actually went to seattle and and co-wrote with a couple of writers out there purposely writing secular songs mm-hmm. all right two of them came back i hated them hmm. they were the most ungratifying i just hated them i, I couldn't stand them i the, i listened to them while trying to trying to get into them going oh i hate these are these are garbage uh-huh. I, and they were done well just i just hated them and yeah. i realized you know what i got a taste of what what rock and roll is really about. Yeah. And it's just, it's if you're not singing about Christ, it's for me, it's secondary.
1: It's, milk it's just toast. it's yeah. just
0: it's almost a waste of time.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh now I love singing with the J Band. Yeah. And that and because we're taking old classics and a bunch of Christians, old Christians, are playing secular stuff as good if not better than the originals.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that, that is fun. And you've got a who's who lineup
1: to sing with too. That's not a tough thing to do. (laughs) I mean, think about
0: it. I I got a lineup that's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm honored. I'm honored to be on the same stage with them.
1: (laughs) That's so cool. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, a lot of people, um, go into a career and it's 10 years, 15 years. Uh, they have a shift in career, that kind of a thing. How did you, how do you sense God's call on your life to know that this is where you're supposed to be and and what what is it that is the tug on your heart that says i know this is where i'm supposed
0: to be oh my gosh um well i talk to a lot of people uh all the time i mean to a point where i need to get away once (laughs) in a while and they've really made a a a major deal about how petra's music for instance has been a real inspiration and the fact that i'm i'm not quitting you know the Uh fact that I'm in there kicking on, uh, singing for Christ. It's amazing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a Christian freak, you know, which is cool uh, because I have been given a gift that, that, that it's nothing I've done. Trust me. I've, I've done everything we possibly can do wrong as a singer, uh, to protect or, or strengthen my voice, but God has a plan. And, uh, there's no such word as retirement in the word. Mm. So, as long as I have a voice, as long as I'm healthy, and I, I tell you what, I heard in some places, places now that I didn't used to. But you know, when I'm on stage, the adrenaline's pumping, and I'm 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 the the front man for Christ, like I've always been. Yeah. I may pay for it a little bit later, a little more <laughs> later than I used to. Yeah. But wow, is that the worst that can happen? Come on.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's still, I mean, to me, rock and roll again is such a, a, an avenue to bring across. Uh, the story of Christ, the Mm -hmm. the commission of Christ, you know, a lot of, Ooh, rock. It's so terrible. So terrible. Give me a break. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's not, I mean, to me, rock and roll is, is evangelistic. It's an evangelistic music style that can reach out Mm -hmm. to not just Christians, but if it's good enough, they're actually secular, you know, non-Christians will listen to it. Now, if you're singing praise and worship, not which is very gratifying which is very uh um, uh edifying and that's but that's what every you know it's all edifying in other words you just you're just tickling the ears of Christians mm-hmm. i just feel like in my case rock and roll is still geared christian rock and roll is geared for evangelism yeah it, it never the church never did was never that excited about it, but they sure liked the fact that it brought kids in. Well, you know, you're talking
1: about the evangelism piece. I was talking with Simon Adal earlier this week, and he was telling me about a tour that the two of you did in Romania. They were amazing. I love those guys. How gospel music changed people, but it was more than that, but where these people were literally saying, because of you and your music, I'm a believer now. And I would imagine you have story after story like that Uh, that you can talk about how God has used the music he's given you. He's used you as a, as a messenger of this uh, message of God's saving grace. Do you have
0: one that stands Mm -hmm. out in your mind? Oh, you know what? Let's, let's make it general here. Okay. All right. Yeah. When we did, when we did the Spanish praise and worship album, Mm -hmm. that opened up all of Central and South America for update Christian music. Other words, Up till that time, the Catholic Church pretty much had a gigantic hand on all Christian, right? And and every pastor, every Catholic or not, oh, rock and roll, that's from hell, that's from hell. So the kids were being, you know, they still wanted to listen to exciting music, yeah. But every time they did, they were going to hell, you know. (laughs) When when Petra did, uh, Petra Petra praised one in in, uh, in Spanish it opened up the eyes of the pastors Mm -hmm. because the kids would bring it in and say, this is, this is Christian music. This is Christian rock. And it it can't be. And then they listened to the words. They realized it was traditional Christian praise and worship done in a rock form. And it absolutely, Oh my gosh, we exploded in central South America. I mean, every pet record that was ever done was on, on the charts at the time. I mean, They went back and got this, the the sound album, and it was on the charts. I'm going, <laughs> I don't even like that record. Don't listen to that thing. Come on, <laughs> uh, so so it was again. I see the fact of, of breaking the the antique bondages for kids. Yeah. Now we got to be careful because. As it worked, of course, the enemy is going to come here and does do his best to ca- cause counterfeits and cause confusion. That's why pastors are so important. Yeah, to listen and be and be cautious and be gu- and and not just pastors. The kids themselves, Christian kids, need to be need to be getting in the Word and yeah. finding out. Does this go with the Word? Yeah. Does this go with the yeah. Word? Be careful. Be careful. Enjoy, but be careful. Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, and you guys have paved the way. I know uh, artists like Bride, and there's a bunch of others. Their biggest band or their biggest audiences of of reaching the gospel are in South America, Brazil, and oh gosh, you yes. know, and Argentina,
0: and, Brazil, yeah, Argentina, Brazil. Uh, that's those the, two especially.
1: That's the music of that era or that area, yes. and uh, and you guys kind of helped pave that for Christian music for those guys down there.
0: When we did our first tour in South America, uh, it was the uh, uh, No Doubt tour. And I want you, it, it felt like we were the Beatles. Wow. It, it was, it was weird. Uh, I, I've never felt quite as, I hate the word, don't get me wrong, but quite so big, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with police escorts and, uh, security guards and, uh, running off the stage to run into the, into the, uh, big van to get out before the crowd, Wow, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it was, it was different. Yeah. It was, it was cool. So how have you over, you, you've
1: been doing music as a ministry for about 35 years. Mm-hmm. How have you seen yeah. the shift in music for people today? Do you see that as a positive thing? Is it, is it a good growth? Do you feel like it's stagnated? What What's your kind of sense on not necessarily the industry, but music as a whole in in worship of the Lord and of the King?
0: Well, I'll tell you what it's gone it's gone way way over to edification, and and there's a lot of amazing praise and worship, a lot of of uh, as long as it has a certain formula, that sounds just like <laughs> so uh, a lot of good stuff as long as it fits the per- perfect formula that someone's created. Um, I don't listen to it anymore. I don't listen to Christian music anymore because it, to me it's boring. There's no imagination. But it does. It serves a great purpose, and the people that are doing it are doing it well. Uh, the, the skill factors of, I mean, I, it's almost like every big church has their own praise and worship team yeah. and their own CD, yeah. uh, and they're all pretty good, you know. Uh, and doing a lot of their own writing, and it's like, okay, cool. Uh, but as lo- the church enjoys it very much, well, what about the rest of the world? Yeah. Open the doors. When you open the doors, does your music do anything outside of doors, or is it just to edify you? You, you know, the church. Yeah. I I I miss I miss the the evangelism of Christian music. Yeah. Now there are Christian bands out there that are working their tails off, but as usual, I don't feel the church or the or the Christian industry yeah. is supporting them one bit. To me, and I see them, and they're great bands, yeah. but they're being they're being, you know, I am not going to go any further. Sure. Let's put it this way: you want change? You want what's the change? More education, less less uh, evangelism in music today.
1: And I think that that is part of our churches as well. We're doing a lot of internal care. We're trying to say, let's help keep us safe rather yep. than saying, you know what, let's get our roller sleeves up, get our hands dirty and go out and rub shoulders with what did see. What did Jesus do? The prostitutes and sinners and tax collectors. Amen. You know, amen. So
0: Again, now, does that mean every church? No, I, right. I have several, I have pastors that are amazing, Yeah, but when it, but but they're also playing my stuff too. So uh, <laughs> well, that's why they're amazing they must, right now. <laughs> they must be good. They they they're a great church because they're playing my stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just it, you know when you look at it when you look at the industry right now when you when you try to listen to Christian uh, Christian radio station, there's no rock for that's for sure. That's it's right. all pop.
1: That's right. It's
0: all pop. It's all pretty much wrapped around pop and, and praise and praise and worship and uh, there's not. I, I, now, some will say, well, that's pop. Is that the, that's the world right now. They're inter- yeah. competing with, oh, maybe. I just I just don't sense it. I mean, there's some major bands out there selling millions of records. But it doesn't do anything for me. Does that mean it's wrong? No.
1: Right. You're it's- 100% correct. It's just, yeah. Uh, I, the one other thing that I miss in music today is um, real people playing real instruments. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's funny. That, so, well, that, that uh, that's only for us old timers. <laughs> I guess real
1: instruments now are what can I program on my keyboard, right? <laughs> Amen.
0: Yeah. Or, or what's on the video behind me as I dance?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, John, what is what is God
1: kind of teaching you these days? Where is He leading you, whether musically or personally, or what is it that you're you're really excited about how God is kind of
0: directing in your life these days? Well, actually, I'm soul searching right now, buddy. I'm I'm not very happy with myself. I've mm. I've gotten too involved with the uh, the world surrounding me. You know, the uh, I'm I'm very disappointed in politics right now, and and I I could tell that it was starting to uh, drag me down. You know, I haven't been very happy. I haven't, and that's not God's plan. I mean, we as Christians aren't supposed to sit around and be. Hi, I'm happy, joyful, and gay. <laughs> right, but but on the other hand, I'm not supposed to be Mister Depresso and be and be ticked off at the world. Uh, I've got big God's got bigger plans than that, yeah. and uh, I want to make sure that I walk a godly walk. And uh, I'm sensing that that it may not be as godly as I would like it to be. So it's funny you mention it because I've been praying about it a lot lately, yeah. and I need to. I need to turn the news off and, and turn the Bible on a little bit more. And, and I think we all do. Uh, am I saying, oh, love the dove and don't worry about anything? No. Yeah. I want you to be very, I want you to be relevant. I want you to be cautious. I want you to make a difference in, the, in this world as a, as a representative of Christ. And don't let the garbage, don't let them sneak up on you as you're hiding your head in the Christian sand. And let them and, and let them chop your head off. But on the other hand, love your enemy, which is not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a godly have a godly attitude towards everything. I'm struggling with that. I want to I want to be different, and I hope that people understand what I'm saying. When they are doing the same thing, God has a plan. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for that plan as we speak, and I know I'm going to find it.
1: Well, and this is something that I've heard, been hearing from a lot of people, whether it's news, whether it's social media, whether it's whatever. We're getting mm-hmm. so good at saying, okay, there's opinion, there's opinion, there's opinion. I'm going to shout my opinion rather than saying, hey, let's, let's spend time together. Let's break bread together. Let's listen to each other. Let's try to figure out what is it that God wants us to do and how do mm-hmm. we do that? And I I'm right with you, John. This has been a this has been a heart cry for my. In fact, part of the reason I started this podcast was to say how can we as believers rebuild the community that's been lost because we've mm-hmm. lost what community mm-hmm. is.
0: Be real. Be be real, but be, be loving, be mm-hmm. understanding. But uh, when I say be real, don't walk around like a wimp.
1: <laughs> right. Right. A wimp
0: gets us nowhere. Yeah. The world does not want it to follow a wimp. Yeah. And if and we're representing Christ. So, uh, but what a fine line. How can can you be a Christ-like, a Christ-like bold man or lady? That's tough.
1: Yeah. And we need to dig back into the scripture and find out what that definition is, don't we?
0: Well, yeah, get on your knees and fight like a man. There you go. Come on.
1: Well, to wrap up every Saturday, we send out a newsletter to a bunch of people who've committed to praying for artists. How can we wow. specifically be praying for John in the weeks and months
0: ahead? Okay, twofold. I have a ministry called Build It Ministries. It used to be called John Schlitt Ministries. It's called Build It Ministries now. Uh, as, as we've talked about before, I, I do a lot of stuff uh, with my hands. I, I'm ai am a do-it-yourselfer. I, I build. I When I'm not touring or not, not recording— I'm building. And I took that that building skill and I'm starting to use it to help people that are in need uh, of, you know, anything from a roof to a new bathroom to a... I just got done with a two-year project, which was basically rebuilding a house, basically, Mm -hmm. for a lady who was sick for two or three years and needed everything I'm doing. And now in the two-year period, I've seen her go from... From just about hopeless to a vic, uh, to a victorious working business lady again, mm. and it, and that's what I want to see. I so I pray for my ministry, but also pray for for the opportunities to to uh, use my vocal talents and and my and my uh, uh, speaking abilities, and of course, always pray for my family. Yeah. Um. Oh man. guess that's it for me personally. That
1: would be it. I hope John Schlitz's testimony was encouraging to you today. I don't know if you're like me, but I've had a lot of self-doubt over the years. Am I good enough? Am I doing what God really wants me to do? Over the past several months of these podcasts, I've personally come to realize that God has given me gifts and talents to use for him. Just like God gifted John with a powerhouse rock voice. But you notice John chose to use that gift for something other than what God had intended there in the beginning. The change came when John decided to lay down his passion, even lay down the gifts that he'd been given, and focus on two things. One, taking care of his family, and more importantly, strengthening his relationship with Jesus. I've heard a lot of stories from people who never really went anywhere, even though they were amazingly talented. That is, until they said, God, I give this all to you. I'll do it your way. Are you putting God first in the career path you have chosen? Or better yet, have you asked God to set your career path for you? I'm confident that when we ask the Lord to put us where he wants us, our expectations will be blown away, and I often wonder how many times we limit God's plan by insisting on doing things our own way. The Bible is full of verses that talk about letting God guide and direct our lives. Proverbs 3, verse 6 says, Seek God's will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I like the verse in Jeremiah 29:11, where the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. They are good plans their plans to give you a future and a hope. And then in the New Testament, Romans 8, 28, we probably all know this, but it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. As I mentioned earlier, I've been changing the way I pray lately about my career and the direction that I go each day. Instead of saying, God, will you bless me in my work today? I've tried to change it and to say, God, will you show me what work to do? I think it's a subtle difference, but a really big one. God wants to use us in amazing ways. So why don't we get out of the way and let the talents and abilities God has given us shine in the way he wants them to? I can only imagine what kind of an impact we might have on the world if we just turn control over to Jesus for all that we do every day. As always, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. I am grateful that we get to spend this time together each week hearing stories of God's amazing faithfulness. As a regular listener to this podcast, would you mind taking a few minutes and rating it on your favorite podcast app? Reviews and ratings really help spread the word so that other folks can hear about these great conversations. And if you have comments or questions for me, please feel free to drop me a message on any of the social media platforms. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon by searching for at CCMExchange. Or you can always drop me an email on the website ChristianMusicArchive.com. I'm really looking forward to our time together next week when I have another great conversation with one of the musicians you'll find on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. So until then, remember this. God loves you. In fact, he's crazy about you.